Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, check out our Instagram at the Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode. On today's episode of the Corner Office, we're going to give you our NBA playoff preview, even though we're a couple games late. We're going to break down our takes on all the games that have happened so far and predict what's going to happen in the rest of the series. Sorry it's been such a long time. We had some technical difficulties, which we'll address at the start of the episode. But with that being said, before we get to the action, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Romeo's. This episode is brought to you by Romeo Sports Bar and Grill. Conveniently located in Scarborough, Yarmouth, and Topsom, Maine, Romeo's Bar and Grill has been a great atmosphere for food, drinks, sports, and family fun since 1989. I've spent many hours inside of Romeo's, and it is my go-to place whenever I need somewhere to watch the big game. My personal favorite item on the menu is the chicken parmesan pizza, but there are plenty of other options such as burgers, wings, and appetizers galore. If you are looking for a spot to bring the family, or just a spot to relax and enjoy some food, give Romeo's a try. Now back to the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. Um, It's been a bit of a hiatus since we've been on. Uh, Unfortunately, Jack and I were in person. We were um, hanging out in D.C., so shout out to the boys over there at GW, George Washington University, which is where Jack will be studying next year um, for having us. So my brother, we were up with my brother and his roommates, and it was a super fun weekend, and we were going to record an episode, but unfortunately some technical difficulties held us out of that. Um, so right now we have a we have a really good segment coming up for you guys about the NBA playoffs, and... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get back into it. As always, I'm your host, Alex Penders. And I'm Jack Byrne. And, you know, just a quick shout-out to the guys. It's a bummer that, you know, we couldn't figure out our mic problem and what was going on there. But shout-out, Nick. Shout-out, Tyler. Shout-out, Christian. Shout-out, my, my twin, Kush. Uh, I hope you boys are giving it a listen. But with that being said, as Celtics fans, why don't we just start with the series that we're in? As of right now, it's April 19th. The Celtics are up 2-0. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but... They're two pretty dominant wins, in my opinion, no? Yeah, I would say that um, the first win kind of concerned me a little bit as just as a Celtics fan because, I mean, everyone who's ever watched the Boston Celtics knows that they love to give up leads. And we were up 30 at halftime, and we only ended up winning that game by, what, 13, I think? 13, yeah. Yeah, 13 points. So, like, that was a bit concerning uh, as a fan to start the series off. But then in game two, we just kind of dominated, you know, um, there was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning for us to score the basketball, but we got downhill in transition and pretty much opened up the game from there. I don't think this Hawks team just has the depth to play with us. I mean, a lot of our bench like has gotten no minutes. Like Guys like Grant Williams, who like gave us huge minutes during the regular season, haven't even played at all. So, I mean, as a Celtics fan, I'm really excited about, you know, hopefully getting a sweep or a gentleman sweep against this Atlanta Hawks team. Well, and you look at the score sheet and you look at Jason Tatum, who had 29-10. and 10 and six assists on top of that. But I think that the highlight is Derek White adding 26 points and seven rebounds on 68% shooting. I mean, when you you look at this Celtics team, there's a level to it that we kind of have in and out every single day. Like, on any given night, we can can compete at a certain level. But when Derek White is aggressive and taking, taking it to the hole and shooting the ball when they're doubling Tatum, like, this team just finds a new level that they weren't at before. 
Yeah, I mean, Derek White is definitely, I think, our X factor just because of the way that he plays on the defensive side of the ball. Usually that's Marcus Smart for me. Um, but, I mean, I think at this point in his career, we know his offensive output probably won't be the best. But, I mean, when Derek White is hitting his threes and those are open because teams have to double on uh, Jason Brown, or Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, um, you know, this team is completely more dynamic on the offensive end. I also want to just get your Al Horford take really quickly um, because we were talking about it in D.C. And uh, I think that I think that you hammered home something that as a Celtics fan, you know, really resonates with me. So. All right. Listen up, everybody. This is my Al Horford take. Al Horford only hits big threes. If you if, if a shot goes up and Al Horford misses it every single time he misses, I'm like, OK, we must have not needed it because it didn't go in. But every time a shot goes in, I'm like, hold on, Al Horford hit it, which means that something big is about to happen. So pay attention to that next time you watch the game. But as always, he's great. You know, he's a guy that can get you some rebounds. He can get you some points every game. The Celtics had five scores in double digits, none of whom were Robert Williams. And I think that he's kind of like Derek White in the sense where when he's in, healthy. In game one or game two? In game two. Okay, when yeah, game one he had 12. We had four in double digits in game one as well. Uh, three with when 20, he's, 25 When he's plus. clicking at 100%, yep. he is just a uh, he's just one of the biggest lob threats in the league. I mean, he plays 22 minutes and he gets eight points and five rebounds, but, I mean, he's another guy where when he makes a play, it's a really big one in a really costly moment. And, I mean, it, I, there's an argument to be made for him – and Derek White being the best pick and roll duo in the league when they're Definitely. both healthy. Definitely. I mean, it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. Right now, we're holding the Atlanta Hawks, which is a dynamic offense, to a mean score of 103 points per game. Um, so I think that Missoula is starting to hammer home a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball as we get into this playoff picture. And as always, our offensive output has been fantastic as Celtics fans. So going to Atlanta up 2-0 feels great for us. I think that we can get it done in four, even though I would like to see us get it done in five and have that win on our home court. I would like to see us get it done in four and just rest while we watch the Heat and Bucks series go to, I don't know, five games. The Heat, I mean, do you want to move there next? We'll move yeah, on let's to the go Heat. there next. We'll move on to the Heat and the Bucks. Uh, they're actually playing right now as we're recording, and the Bucks are up like literally 26 points at halftime. So, I mean, game one for those have, of you who have to watch, imagine that game is going to go to the Bucks. Have to imagine. Yeah, I mean, that I mean, it's a safe wager to make. Uh, if you watched game one, you saw that Giannis went down with an injury that nobody really took seriously—a back spasm—but Miami managed to win by 13 points and they had a lead the whole game and they looked good until they lost Tyler Hero and now that they've yep. lost their top scorer they really have no bullets left in the case yeah and Giannis is not playing right now uh I think that that's important an important thing to to point out um because the I this Bucks team clearly misses him a lot and I mean, I think we already like, I think everybody already knew that, you know, one of the best players, if not the best player in the league being off the court is a really big deal. But I think that a lot of people overlook this Bucks team when they don't have Giannis on the team. I mean, look, 
you still have guys who are all-star caliber players, such as Drew Holiday, who probably will make an all-NBA team this year, and Chris Middleton, who's just coming off of an injury but has been playing really well. Um, and the way that this roster is constructed is to be constructed around a guy like Giannis, you know, that dominant-type power forward-type player, but it means that they have a lot of perimeter shooting. Um, so I can see this team probably even getting this series done without Giannis if they need to. Right, and I think that, I mean, we're going to get to the West and to Memphis eventually, but they're they're in pretty similar scenarios where they're going against a team that they that they should be able to take care of, but yet people are still paying attention to the series because, again, anything could happen in the NBA playoffs. Right, yeah, let's stick with the East for now. Um, another series that I don't see going more than four games right now is this Nets versus Sixers series. I think the Sixers have been looking like the much better team through uh, two games here. Um, and I think that they'll get it done in, in, in four games. I mean, I don't want to admit it because I'd like to see the, the Nets pull on. I think the Nets get one. I mean, their stars, I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie has been very disappointing in the first two games. Yep. But yep. Macal Bridges and Cam Johnson have both taken their turns to step up and make Cam Johnson I has mean, looked fantastic in that game, too. I mean, if you haven't seen that poster dunk that he had on Embiid, go watch it right now. I mean, like, the performances that they've been putting up, they've it's been enough to keep the, the Brooklyn Nets in the game. But with that being said, like, they're not winning. I mean, they're yep. going back to their home floor in Brooklyn, yep. which, as we said, mm-hmm. is one of the worst playoff atmospheres in all of basketball. Correct. But maybe maybe they can get something done and avoid being swept for the second year in a row. So I think they I think they get it done in five, the 76ers, that is. But I think that the Nets stars put together a performance good enough to take one from the 76ers okay yeah and Bede has looked really good thus far maxi tyrese maxi looked really good in game two um you mentioned cam johnson in game two he looked really good for the on the on the net side of the ball i think that the nets if they have any chance in getting a game in this series need to get nicholas claxton going a little bit more towards the rim um he had no points last and game. yeah he, he he's one of he's one of their better all-around players on that roster and he's he's been struggling he had five points and then one point and he impacts the game in so many different ways which is why he gets as many minutes as he does but at the same time you got to get him a little bit more involved and I think that it's going to take the the Nets giving like their best complete shot and look at this Philadelphia 76ers team in order for them to even get one win in this series so let's talk about the last series in the east because in my opinion it's the most entertaining first round matchup. I mean, as it Definitely. should be between a fourth seed and a five seed. Uh, that's the Cavaliers versus the Knicks. And mm-hmm. right now the series is tied 1-1. Uh, the Knicks beat the Cavs by four, but the Cavs did come out and spank the Knicks last night. Uh, they beat them by like 20 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Darius Garland had 26 first half points. So uh, the Cavs, I think, will be able to pull this one out. But with that being said, they're going back to the Garden tied 1-1, and the playoff MSG is something different. And for an unexperienced Cavs team, with the exception of, like, Donovan Mitchell, um, this is going to be, I mean, it's going to be a test to this young franchise as to whether or not they can make a deep playoff run. Because that's not, the Mecca is not an easy place to just walk into. No, it is not. No, it is not. And you best believe I'll be turning this game on. I will be watching both the games in in Madison Square Garden because I really don't think 
that aside from a team in the West that we'll get to in a couple of seconds, um, there is a playoff atmosphere quite like the Madison Square Garden. And that's definitely why I was super excited to see this Knicks team start to figure it out towards the end of the se- uh, towards the end of the season. And I honestly set, like think I think it's improbable that they get two wins. I think that this series goes back to Cleveland two two. Um, but if they get two wins, whew, that's going to be really hard to come back from for this for this Cavs team. So let's move to the West. You wanna? You have a favorite matchup you want to start with, or do we get the most boring one out of the way, which is let's the Nuggets Timberwolves? Let's build up. Let's let's build up to the exciting one that we both want to talk about. All right, uh, Nuggets Timberwolves. Nobody cares. Is that? Yep. Is that too wrong to say? No, I think that's fair. I, yeah. I think the answer is the the Nuggets will roll. It's a lose lose situation because I don't want to see either teams go on. But I, I'd like to see the Nuggets do well. I don't have an issue with the Nuggets. You have beef with the Nuggets because you don't like Jokic. Oh, I don't like the fact that they go out in the first round frequently. Well, they, they're going to not do that. Well, That's kind we'll of the see. whole point of them them winning the first round is that they're going to roll the Timberwolves. All right. Well, no nobody cares, so let's move to the next series. <laughs> okay. <laughs> next um, series. Let's go Let's go. Suns-Clippers here. This is uh this is a good series. I've watched both of these agree. games so far. Yep. Uh, I've loved the storylines of how like game 1 ended and how Russell Westbrook is playing like at least a shade of Russell Westbrook again. And he still can't you, shoot the ball. Right. But other than that, he's but played if you fantastic could, defense. He went 3 for 19 in the first game and I don't know what was the stats last night. Probably not great. Probably not great. Oh no, he went he went nine for sixteen last night, and had yeah, twenty eight points. So yeah, you judged can, him too fast. If he can keep the shooting numbers up, anywhere I would say above twenty percent is where I'd have to like start being like, all right, Russ, maybe pass a little more. Twenty uh, <laughs> percent shooting. Yeah, because he shot nineteen percent in the first game, or like thirteen percent in the first game, and they won. So yeah, it's true. Uh, I think that I think that you're looking for him to do a little better than that. Yeah, no, I agree. But that's but just me. If you aren't making it to these 10:30 starts, then maybe you should consider doing so because these games are action-packed from beginning to end. Yeah. Agreed. I Agreed. Mean, as the dog is the guest star, but very rarely can Dog is the guest star, yeah. Very rarely can you be like, "All right, you can sit down and watch this game from start to finish" because that's the problem a lot of people have with the NBA. Mm-hmm. This is a series that you can watch from start to finish. This is a series. Is that is that all you got for me on that one? Yeah. I, I agree. Look, I agree. I think that the um, I think that there are shades of the Sun team where you look at them and you go, they are unstoppable, right? Like this is the best team in the West, but they can only sustain that for about four to five minutes per game. So they'll go on runs where it's like, oh my god, like this is what this team looks like with KD and CP. And Devin Booker and like all that type of stuff. Booker and you did get super have 38 excited. last night. Let's not discount. I that. know, I know. And they played a lot better in game two, and they played a lot more like the team that we were expecting in game two. But they ha- they haven't been definitively right that team that would um, that you would say, oh, this is the best team in the West, in my opinion. That being said, I think that this Clippers team is really missing Paul George. 
Um, and I think that if they had Paul George, they not only would be a higher seed, but they would probably be favorited to win this series because guys like Kawhi Leonard and with the way that Russell Westbrook is playing, like he plays, he's playing like he's happy right now, which is great. Um, you know, I just see them, I just see them getting this series done. But since they're missing that many people, they don't really have that type of bench presence right now. I find it really hard to, you know, bet against the Suns team right now. So I think that the Suns team will probably get the series done in seven games. I think this will go the distance. I mean, that's like the, it's the story of the Los Angeles Clippers in the 2010s and early 20s. Like, Kawhi tours ACL in the playoffs one year. Paul George has been out one year. Chris Paul missed the playoffs last time they made a deep run. I mean, mm-hmm. like, you can go back through every Clippers team in, like, the past 10 years, and they're missing one of their best players. Yep. So, I mean, they just have to find a way to stay healthy because every year the preseason rankings come out, and they're up there in the top five. But I never believe it because there's no way these guys stay on the court the whole game. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. All right, let's go over to the game that I was just watching, um, Los Angeles Lakers versus Memphis Grizzlies. Yep. Give me your take on that. I was working. All right. So the Grizzlies look good. Uh, their defense looked good, and they were hitting big shots. Desmond Bain hit a lot of really big shots today. Um, mm-hmm. No jaw. So uh, Tyus Jones, Duke legend, came in, and he had eight assists and ten points. And, I mean, of course, played phenomenally. Like, if you were just yep. if you were watching the game, he was totally in control of the entire floor. Uh, Xavier Tillman had 22 and 13. Jaron Jackson Jr. put up 30 player points. Uh, okay. Luke Kennard shot the lights out. Dylan Brooks was getting in LeBron's head. I mean, it, they just played really well. The Lakers also, I mean, they made some noise. Like, they kept it within 10 for the majority of the game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they were just never really close enough to scare the Grizzlies towards the end of that game. I mean, they played well in the first game. Like, you can see that, I mean, ESPN Media started freaking out after the Lakers won game one. But Austin yeah. Reeves and Rui Hachimura combined for, like, 50 points. Right, which so, I think is the biggest storyline in this series is that this Lakers team, it definitely needs huge contributions from guys that you're not expecting you to give contributions like that, right? You can't rely on... and. I don't know if that's really fair because, you know, guys like LeBron are really good. Um, and, and Anthony Davis is really good too, but, like, he didn't play great tonight from what I see in the box score. I don't know if the the game film itself shows you something different. But, like, Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves having career nights against against a very good Memphis Grizzlies, Memphis Grizzlies team is, like, not going to happen every game. You know what I mean? Um, I think going back to Staples Center is a big deal for this Lakers team. They do play better at home. Um, but I also think that this series is going to come back to Memphis 2-2. Too, too. Are we missing a series? Is there something that we haven't covered, or can we get to the good one? We can get to the good one now, right? Yeah, we can. All right. Kings versus Warriors. The Kings are up 2-0 going back to the – is this still called the Oracle Arena, or is it – Oracle Arena, yep. Um. I would just like to take credit by saying that I thought that the Kings were going to have a good chance because of the fact that the Warriors had to play four games on the road and they've only won seven all year. So Uh that has so far proven to be true. The Kings have taken the first two games. 
another incredibly interesting series full of action. Um, Malik Monk and, I mean, you can see those Kentucky boys when they get on the Kings are just different. And, I mean, Malik Monk stepping up big time. De'Aaron Fox had 38 points in his debut in the playoffs. And the Sacramento fans are just bringing the energy every game. So, I just love the way that that city looks right now. Kudos to Sacramento for sticking by your team for this many years. Do you know how close the NBA was to moving the Sacramento Kings from Sacramento? I'm so glad they didn't. Dude, I know. It's insane. It's insane how good these fans have been. Oracle Arena is in shambles right now. They banned the cowbell because they're afraid that the Sacramento Kings fans are going to come in there and disrupt the regular flow of the game because that's what they've been doing in Sacramento. It's not the the Oracle Arena. It's called the Chase Center. Oh really? Yeah, lame. Sorry. All right, it's referred to as Oracle. By yeah, we're gonna players. call it. We're gonna call it the Oracle Arena. Um. But yeah, I I don't understand how someone can't love this Kings team. Um, I think that another huge thing about this is that there are massive storylines going on. Draymond Green has been suspended for Game Three. That just came out today because he stomped on Demontis Sabonis's chest. Deplorable, deplorable action from a from a player who is is known for a long history of, you know, deplorable actions on the basketball court. Which is which court, was so. part of the suspension. If you read why they suspended him, it's because he's had a long history of doing these things in the playoffs. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I look, I, I I'm ecstatic for these Kings fans who have waited so long to get this type of success. Um, as a basketball fan, it's great to see a small market team make this much noise. De'Aaron Fox won the most clutch player in the NBA award. Deserved. He's been fantastic. He had 38 in that first game. I mean, look, I think that if you're a basketball fan, you're rooting for this Kings team. And if I have to be honest with you, I don't see them winning either game at Oracle, but I do see them winning this whole thing. I don't see them winning this series. I really don't. I struggle to see the Warriors losing a seven-game series to the Kings, but I really hope that they do win. I'm not going to admit that they're not going to win this series, and people are saying that they're not going to win this series, but at the same time, if you watch these games, you see how much they feed off that crowd energy when they're at home, and you see how much the Warriors don't. Um, I think that it, an interesting stat is that it, it's something like the last like 27 series uh, that the Warriors have not gone down 2-0. This is the first time they've been down 2-0 in however many years that is. And they've never had to fight out of a spot like this before. This team hasn't. So, I I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. They have to take both games at home. If the Kings are able to steal one at home, which they have a good opportunity to do now that Draymond Green is suspended for this next game, I think that they take the series. So I'm really yeah, excited to watch these next game two at home. games. They definitely got to steal a game at, at um, in Golden State. I mean, I guess they technically don't have to do that, but like the morale that that would bring the team would be would be something that I don't think you know you could shut down from there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we love this Kings team. I mean, we've we've been we've been a pro beam show all year. I think Mike Brown just won um, Coach of the Year too today. Good, good. 
that that's good. As Celtics exactly fans, it's easy for us to admit that he deserved it. Of course, of course he did. He he absolutely deserved it. Easiest vote of my life. I didn't even have to make it. I'm not a part of the committee, but you know what I mean. Easiest we should vote be. Our platform's getting big enough where we should be. We should be. We should be. We should be. But we would have picked Mike Brown too. Yeah, of course we would have. Yeah. We compared him to Jerome Tang at Kansas State this weekend, no? We did, yes, we did. That was that was the comparison we made this weekend, yep. Man, I'm so mad we didn't get to record an up. No, me too. I hope that the guys are listening and are equally as mad as, as we are right now. That just means we're going to have to run it back, though. Facts. Facts. Very soon. That was awesome. All right, well, that Jack wraps up Jack and I had a our, great trip. That wraps up our trip. NBA playoff preview. Now, I mean, we'll kick it to ourselves in studio for our microscope of the week. Yes, sir. All right, so quick run-through of our microscope of the weeks. Uh, I'm going to start us off here. My microscope of the week is the NHL playoffs. And, I mean, I, I'm going to be the first person to say this. I don't watch a minute of regular season hockey. I don't really know who the players are. And coming from a hockey school like I do, you would think that I would know more about what was going on. But I joined a fantasy hockey league one year and literally went like 0-21. So I never watched the regular season. But once the playoffs start, I'm all in. So the Bruins got hammered tonight. They lost like 6-3. But we are still huge Bruins fans. Uh, We have been watching every game, pretending like we know all the guys out there, and offering our expert advice. And I'm excited to watch them make a run. I think that if they don't, win the championship it'll be the biggest disappointment of all time and i don't want to have to deal with that so bruins let's get it done that's all i've got for this week and they got slaughtered tonight so they got to figure it out they got to figure it out look this bruins team um just as a as a non-hockey fan as myself all i'm going to say is every time that i've ever watched the bruins they've kind of disappointed me when it comes to the stanley cup playoffs so you know, hopefully they'll figure that stuff out and, uh, you know, get us a nice win, get the city of Boston a win, and, you know, hopefully we'll have two championships at TD Garden this year, the Celtics and the Bruins. My microscope this week, I think we kind of touched on it in the segment, is just um, Dylan Brooks being the best instigator in NBA history right now. He's been fantastic. If anybody has watched any of the games, you know that over the course of history, there has always been a player on each team that's designated to be the LeBron instigator, someone to get him off his game a little bit and to to make him angry. Um, And usually that doesn't work because LeBron is LeBron and LeBron gets mad. And when LeBron gets mad, LeBron plays good. Um, But thus far, the series is 1-1. Dylan Brooks, I mean, everybody hates him. I kind of love his energy. I love the way that he plays the game. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm really excited to see where his chirping either leads, either if they win this series or if LeBron turns up and drops like 50 on him because he gets mad at him. Yeah. I'm excited too. I don't like the guy personally. You, you don't like I Dylan can Brooks? See where you're coming from. No, I don't like him. Why? I just don't like him. What about him? His hair. Oh yeah. You, I think that's fair. I that. think that's a fair statement to say. Yeah. His hair's not great, but, um, I, I I think everybody hates Dylan Brooks for kind of like no reason. I don't know? hate his I antics. That, I just hate the way he looks. 
I just think that there's more hate for him out there than there is, like, warranted reasons for why people hate him, right? That's fair. Like, I think that I think that it became, like, a kind of, like, a bandwagon thing to, like, get on him because he, people love he to plays hate with him a lot no of heart. Yeah, exactly. I just hate him because right. he looks like an idiot. Okay, I mean, That's I fair. guess it's fair. I, I guess just don't like the way take. he looks. It's kind of... He looks like, bro, bro, I don't care. He looks like Master Shifu. He does kind of a little bit. He does look a little bit like that. But I, I gotta say, I love the way that he's, he's been an instigator this whole, this whole series. Um, the stare down of LeBron after that big three and then LeBron coming right back at him. Like that's great for basketball. It is. It's great for basketball. Rivalries are great for basketball. So as much as I hope this Memphis team gets the series done, cause I'm not a huge Lakers fan myself. Um, the way that Dylan Brooks has been playing the instigator and the villain role in the NBA for thus long, uh, for this entire season. And, you know, hopefully for the, the rest of the series is something that I'm excited to see. All right. Well, that wraps up our microscope of the week and that wraps up our episode for this week. So make sure you follow us on all platforms and I mean, keep listening, but as always, we're checking off. I'm Jack Byrne. I'm Alex Penders. Corner three. Corner three.